Hello, hello. We welcome you today to Love is Spoken Queer, Gospel Topics, LGBTQ Plus Voices. I'm Dustin Larson. And I'm Renee Hernandez. And listeners, we'd like to welcome you to our very first bonus-ode, <laughs> bonus episode. <laughs> so this is a bonus episode where it, we're going to do things a little bit differently than what we usually do in our episodes. So um, as we were looking over the Doctrine and Covenants uh, kind of curriculum for this year, I noticed that there's little sections that kind of pop up repeatedly uh, called Voices of the Restoration. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of do little mini episodes or bonus bonus episodes where we kind of discuss what impressions we get from these particular quotes of Voices of the Restoration. Because as we've discussed earlier, that the restoration is ongoing. So we can add our queer voices to these Voices of the Restoration. So we'll see how it goes. We hope you enjoy it. So right off the bat, for the first Voices of the Restoration, it's Joseph Smith's family. So what Renee and I are going to do is we're going to each kind of read the quotes uh, that are included in these sections. Uh, the, I guess it's Lucy Mack Smith and then his brother, William Smith, and then from Joseph Smith himself. And we're just going to read these quotes out loud. And after each one, we're going to just kind of give our impressions of what we got out of it and kind of add our queer voices to the Voices of Restoration. So Renee, who would you like to go first as far as reading these quotes? I would love to do Lucy. Okay, so go ahead. So first, the quote number one is Lucy Mack Smith, which is, of course, Joseph Smith's mother. Lucy Mack Smith. In about 1802, I was taken sick, said I to myself, I am not prepared to die, for I do not know the ways of Christ. And it seemeth to me as though there was a dark and lonely chasm between myself and Christ that I dare not attempt to cross. I looked to the Lord and begged and plead and pled with the Lord that he would spare my life, that I might bring up my children and comfort the heart of my husband. Thus I lay all night. I covenanted with God that if he would let me live, I would endeavor to get that religion that would enable me to serve him right, whether it was in the Bible or wherever it might be found, even if it was to be obtained from heaven by prayer and faith. At last the voice spoke to me and said, Seek and you shall find, knock and I shall be opened unto you. Let your heart be comforted, ye believe in God, believe also in me. For this time forward, I gained strength continually. I set but little upon the subject of religion, although it occupied my mind entirely. And I thought that I would make all diligence as soon as I was able to seek some pious person who knew the ways of God to instruct me in the things of heaven. Thank you for reading that. Um, who would you like to go first as far as like the impressions from it? I'll just share them real quick. Mine. Okay. Um, me, the impressions were a lot of feeling of like, she, I always believe the heavenly father has to move a lot of pieces for certain things to play out. And I think having um, individuals already who was open-minded like Lucy to his revelation coming from different uh, places um, allowed her to be more open-minded to when her son shared with her his vision, considering that that same preacher that was teaching her was one of the people that was um, trying to say like, no, that's not real or whatever, you know what I mean? So she basically went against her religious leader. And it also shows us a lot of our character and her belief in family. And I think that's huge since that's a huge tenant in our beliefs. Yeah. Um, the thing that jumped out at me, um, I didn't get it the first time I was reading this, but as you were reading it, the thing that jumped out at me was one of those Bible stories. Was it Samuel, the prophet? Was he the one where his mother wanted to have a baby? And she said, if you give me a baby, Lord, I'll I'll give him to you and devote his entire life to you. And then when she had the baby, um, he was talking 
and he says, Lord, here I am or something like that. Is that Samuel? I'll have to go I back. Like I, in my mind, there's a lot of individuals that say that, like there's Abraham and Sarah, and then there's like John the Baptist's parents. Like, I feel like it's just like. Well, that, that just kind of proves my yeah. point too, was there's a lot of um, parents that they are so spiritually tied to God that when um, life doesn't necessarily go their way, they reach out to God and they go, God, I know it's not my time, or I know that I meant for something more. Please let me know what that is. And then usually it is um, through their children that they're able to kind of find their divine purpose. And this was one of the things, and that's what I think, I think it's Samuel, the prophet, Samuel was a prophet chosen as a boy. I can't remember. <laughs> I could just be making it up, but there's a, there's a primary song in that instance, whoever it was like the, the mother wanted a child so much so that she says, I know that my divine purpose is to be a mother. And if you give me this purpose, I will then make sure that he served you for the rest of his life. And so this was kind of the same thing that Lucy Mack was doing was she goes, I know this isn't my purpose. Uh, or I know this isn't my time to go. If you just give me a little bit longer, I'll be able to fulfill my purpose. And uh, I have a strong feeling that it has to do with fulfilling your will. And that's exactly what happened. And I think as a queer person of faith, um, our parents kind of go through that the same way is them bringing us into this world. It's them kind of making a deal with God saying, if you are to bless me with this this child and me bringing them into the world, my way of paying you back for this is to make sure that he is devoted or they are devoted in serving you. And sometimes as queer people of faith, our path to fulfill that divine purpose doesn't necessarily align with what our parents think it should be. Like they bringing us into the world, they, they think that we're going to stay in the church, we're going to marry someone of the opposite sex, we're going to be sealed in the temple, all that things. Sometimes by us living as our authentic self, we kind of change that plan a little bit, but it doesn't change the end goal. And I think a lot of the parents deep down, they know that they need to kind of let Jesus take the wheel sort of thing and let God take us into their hands um, after they have brought us into this world. And, and um, I'm sure that's what um, Lucy Mack felt when she started see, uh, Lucy Mack Smith started seeing her son go about his uh, divine duty in a way that wasn't necessarily status quo at the time, but she had enough faith to know that God had given her this divine gift and he was going to take it from there. And she just needed to have faith. And so that kind of jumped out at me as a lot of our parents are on our side, even if sometimes they don't express it. It just, we need to allow them to kind of catch up with God's timing. Okay, so the next uh, quote in this is from William Smith, which is uh, Joseph Smith's brother. And so I will read this quote. So it says, My mother, who was a very pious woman and much interested in the welfare of her children, both here and hereafter, made use of every means with her parental love, uh, which her parental love could suggest, to get us engaged in seeking for our soul salvation, or as the term then was, in getting religion. She prevailed on us to attend the meetings and almost the whole family became interested in the matter and seekers after truth. We always had family prayers since I can remember. I well remember father used to carry his spectacles in his vest pocket. And when us boys saw him feel for his specs, we knew that was a signal to get ready for prayer. And if we did not notice it, mother would say, William or whoever was the negligent one, get ready for prayer. And after the prayer, we had a song we would sing. And so my impressions after reading that is 
again, just a testament of how the restoration was a huge part due to Lucy Mack Smith and her trust in the Lord and her diligence to the Lord, and then teaching that to her children and in a way that really impacted them. And I see that a lot in my mom and my parents, uh, my father and my mother, um, in how they kind of raised me to always put kind of like the God's will first, meaning like when you first get your paycheck, you immediately go and pay your tithing. Even if, if you're kind of strung, kind of thin on cash, as if you pay your tithing first, things will always kind of work out in the end and then kind of fasting and praying and then keeping the Sabbath day holy. Just a lot of these things that were really important to them that they passed on to me. And just because I'm a queer individual, that doesn't mean they have any less significance to me. And I really look forward to the day where I can then pass those teachings on, onto my children. That's one thing I do love about um, multi-generational um, homes that have the gospel. You're able to just... <sighs> Share so much more. Um, I know there's uh, something to be said for traditions, things, but I love like part of the his testament about like when he started looking for his glasses, you knew what was coming. And I and I want my children to know that I want things that are uplifting and loving that they can relate to as traditional experiences as well. You know what I mean? To help them learn to love how Henley Father's hand really is in everything. If we're willing to pay attention to it, you know, all the positive things in our lives, he's watching us and he's. I don't know, the bigger family, right? That we don't necessarily um, see all the time, but is always there. Yes, thank you. Um, and so since we're going back and forth, popcorn, Renee, would you like to read the final quote from Joseph Smith? Oh, I get the honors, huh? I now say that my father never did a mean act that might be said was ungenerous in his life. To my knowledge, I love my father and his memory and the memory of his noble deeds rests with ponderous weight upon my mind. And many of his kind and parental words to me are written on the tablet of my heart. Sacred to me are the thoughts which I share of the history of his life that have rolled through my mind and has been implanted here there by my own observation since I was born. My mother also is one of the noblest and the best of all women. Um, I'm going to share my quick impression of this because I really like that because it pushed me to contemplate. I even wrote a note for myself. My grand, I I was born in El Salvador, and when I was little, my parents came to the states, and so I was raised by my grandma and grandpa. My mom and dad aren't really act, weren't very active in any faith when I was little, but my grandma was very much like Catholic, like church, like everything was done. You know, you participated, you were involved, um, and since we were such a small community, we had like a pastor that knew everybody really well, right? The whole community really well. And my grandfather, of course, went because my grandma and she just instilled in me this, not just this idea of attendance, but also a participation and of continuation and to have a stronger mindset of even if like those around you weren't going, you were going. And I remember when I moved to the States to be with my parents, my parents would never go to church. And I would always ask them, like, how come we don't go to church? And so we wouldn't, but I would still make an effort. I even learned how to write the buses by myself to go to church and like um, go to Ash Wednesday and do everything like that. And I've noticed that a lot of my family, with the exception of my grandma growing up, didn't do any of that. And now they do. A lot of them do participate very much in religious um organizations but it taught me and helped me evolve very differently where it's like as a queer individual the gospel when when the church i was introduced to the lds church it it almost felt perfect like divine guidance that i was prepared for this moment and it was really thanks to my grandma and grandpa that i can find myself in a 
in a really good place in my life where I have a divine being that helps me and guides me in all I do. And in regards to this statement, I love that because it talked about his parents and their, you know, their, who they were and what they did really impacted Joseph Smith. You know what I mean? So I, I, I really love that because I could relate a lot to it through my grandparents. Yeah. Thank you. And, and you, you expressing that, that the impact didn't necessarily come directly from your, your parents. It came from kind of your, your chosen parents in form of religion from your grandparents. Um, I, I see that too in, uh, these these quotes that the family of Joseph Smith had a huge impact on him. And we need to be very aware of what our actions can do to those around us, whether it's good or bad. And um, I've had the blessing of having parents that had really great influences on me as far as spirituality, but that might not be the case for everyone out there. So I guess one of my impressions is to give advice to queer people of faith out there that if you don't have kind of like the Joseph Smith family or Renee's family or my family that kind of got behind us as far as religion goes, you can always kind of choose your family to kind of do that. Um, yes, uh, you you have your your birth family um, or your given family, and but you can always expand that to include people out there that will accept you for both your spiritual and your authentic selves, because we live in a day and age where those are more and more easily accessible. And so to realize that if you feel chosen to be a queer person of faith or a queer disciple of Christ, you can continue down that path um, if you seek support from both God and those around you. And just uh, kind of keep in mind that uh, you're not alone and there's always kind of a workaround when um, you aren't necessarily dealt the greatest hand when it comes to uh, family and spirituality here on earth. And listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed this little bonus ode. <laughs> I'm going to try and make that stick. But Renee, before we 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 say goodbye for this this mini little episode, any kind of last uh, words you'd like to leave with our listeners? I guess the only one I could think of is like I kind of like that we're doing these little um, voices of the restoration because I feel like it gives us a chance to share ours. So listeners, we would love to hear your voices of your own feelings towards this, whether you're queer or just an ally as well, because it'd be great to just share your voice as well, along with ours and our belief that the gospel really is one of the greatest guides we can have in our in our lives. And it isn't for everybody. I think everybody has their own journey and they'll be prepared in their own way. Um, so I definitely don't want us to become, you know, close minded, but I want to hear if you're willing to share. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm curious to hear as well. And we look forward to doing more of these little bonus episodes. Uh, so whenever you see that there's going to be a Voices of the Restoration in the the lesson for the week, uh, you can look forward to seeing a bonus episode happen there as well. So uh, listeners, again, thank you for listening for to this new mini bonus ode. And remember to always be true to you. And love one another. Until next time. Bye. Ciao, bye. You've just listened to another episode of Love is Spoken Queer. If you want to join in on the conversation, feel free to send us an email at our Gmail account, which is lovespokenqueer at gmail.com, or send us a direct message on our social channels. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you really love our episodes and our show, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That is the fastest way for us to share our words with everyone out there. So again, thank you for listening.